Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, August 20th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We're so glad you are joining us today. We come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to revisit 1 Peter today, but before we get to that, let's have a moment for prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we pray that your grace would touch us in ways we don't understand, and we pray that would lead us to not be the same. We ask that we would interact with others with the same grace that you have given us and that we would interact with ourselves and think about ourselves with the same grace that you have given us. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen to the passage from 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, verses 8 through 11. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, what are the inanimate objects in your life that you name? I name them all, Brett. And if anyone (laughs) out there listening in radio land needs a name for something, I'm your girl. That's true. You are an incredible uh name. Yep. So my car is named Hans because he's German, and so was Hans Fry, my favorite theologian. (laughs) I think my most recent naming is I now have have an artificial right knee, and her name is Jamie Summers because that was the bionic woman. And so Jamie is now my knee's name because she bionic. What about you? What was your? Didn't your cane have a name? Also? My cane I had to use was John McCain. John McCain. And my walker was Texas Ranger. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I have too many names for inanimate objects. I mean, our car, our one, our car that we got rid of a couple of years ago, that Allie and I had our entire relationship was Donna because of a very, <laughs> a very nice forest ranger that we met at yosemite on our first road trip like nice that felt right and it felt so right that we haven't named our other cars because you know it, just, uh, it hasn't fit like donna pretty has sure the next one's donna jr, <laughs> donna jr. <laughs> you can just call her junior i'm I, I don't i just i guess i don't want to get attached to inanimate objects so i anthropomorphize them but i don't give them names <laughs> all right you're missing out that's all i'm gonna say oh, i'll bring i'll bring my objects to you for you to name. yes thank you <laughs> But to our scripture passage, is constant love, the constant love that the passage talks about, is constant love for one another actually possible? Um, I like to think it is. And the only way that I can think that is to think of love as a practice, not as a feeling. Hmm. So do I think it's possible that in some way 
every day of my life I try to be loving, that might be possible. I do think the only person who is constantly loving is our Lord and Savior. Um, but again, you know, we're not asked to do it so we get it right. Hmm. We're asked to try over and over again. It's not really about accomplishing it. I think it's about living into it. Um, so the more I try to be loving and the more I fail and try again, I think that that, that is possible and that's actually why it's why I'm called to do that. I also think it it grows me. And I don't know about you, but I don't always like to grow. I hate growing. Um, but it does grow me um, to try and love others. What about you? Do you think it's possible? Constant love? Constant love. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's possible this side of the eschaton for us humans. But, but that doesn't mean we aren't called to do it, right? right? I think there are many things that I'm called to do in Scripture and in my life that I don't do (laughs) but but it's what i'm called to do and it's and it's what uh and it's what i live and i strive for um and maybe i'm just selling myself short because i think there are some people in my life that (laughs) that i have received constant love from yes um uh and so maybe uh and i know that they are they are godly people who have worked really hard at it, uh, and it's usually it's usually people more at the end of their life uh, who have who have gotten to that point. Um, so maybe I just need some more practice, like they have. Yeah, I do think I think my grandparents practiced constant love with me, um, which means they did not always like me. They certainly got angry with me, but I do think their basic orientation mm. was one of love and care and wanting the best for me. Mm. I try to do that with my kids. Um, sometimes I hurt their feelings without meaning to, and all those sorts of things. But that is the basic orientation of who I, of how I want to be to them, and Brian. Um, but the challenge, right, is that as the church, we're called to do that with each other and with the world, and to say that that is not something that's available just for those who are closest to you, but that for somehow be, because. Jesus is constantly offering us constant love and grace. We should try and do that to others, and it's really hard. I think that's a that's an important distinction that you just made, and it reminds me of um, as as we've gone into making difficult decisions for the church. We were talking, and you know, there we may make the wrong decision. And we may look back on a decision and be like, you know what, we probably should have done this. Uh, and I think that's important to do. But if the basis of what we made that decision was at the moment was love, then I think that that's the best we're called to do. And, and I think that's the same thing here. Of if, if we look back and, you know, we we said the wrong thing and it, it, came, it blew up and we didn't mean to. But if the intention of what we were trying to do and the basis underlying aspect of that was love... I think that's the most we can call to do and we can and then in love we can repent and say you know what i was wrong uh and that's a loving action and even if it's our best idea of love at the time yes you know i don't know that i was a a very good lover of people at 25 and 27 but you stay married long enough and you're going to get better at it or things are going to break down um and so i've learned a lot in my marriage in that way my i jokingly say that there are only two people who've known me completely and love me still. One is Jesus. The other is Brian Bolger, and the similarity ends there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've learned a lot in trying to love him and, and experience his love for me. But um, 
in this, we talked on Monday about how, you know, Peter's letter is really about how the faithful should not look like the culture around them. Mm -hmm. They should be something different. That's what constant love is, right? Um, And so it is only when we take on that kind of current cultural lens that we say, well, I'm not very good at it. Nowhere does it say you should measure yourself. It just says you should do it. And Peter was written, it's kind of written to um, a culture that was being met with hostility, both inside oh, and outside. Oh, so much hostility. He calls and it suffering. Suffering, They're yeah. suffering because they're and, Christians. And, and so he meets, he, he encourages Christians to meet hostility with hospitality, to meet uh, conflict with love. And so uh, that that's that's the call. Uh, to to Christians and to uh, how we are supposed to live. And it wasn't easy then, and it's not easy now. No, it's not. Um, it's interesting, too, because I imagine those first cr- Christians that he was writing to, um, they really probably held on to each other in order to stay strong in a culture that thought they were stupid and uh, not doing all of the right things. We live in a culture now where most of us fit in just fine and actually have a lot of privilege in that culture. And I do think we're still called to hold on to each other. And you do that with constant love. And you do that with a focus on hospitality and reconciliation and all of those things that, you know, make no sense in a lot of ways. I was listening to to um, a TED radio hour and it was talking about um, the civil war in Syria and the the person talking talked about how there are it's it's a multifaceted very complicated reason that they're in this place but they argued that one of the reasons uh that the the culture was so divided was um was the architecture and how it was laid out of really? it it was made how how that was designed was not was it's for people not to interact and it se- slowly separated groups into groups into groups and and that's how the city planners happen and i think we're in a similar state in a lot of places in where we live <laughs> city planners aren't trying to foster community it's you know or not city planners but developers aren't like man how can we foster community it's how can we right. make the most money with this plot of land uh-huh. and so it then the onerous becomes even more difficult and even more on us to how do we reach out when there are even outside factors that are pushing us apart or encouraging us to stay siloed in. Yeah, that's also a really good point in that one of the concerns, I think, for the mainline church now is that when we all switch to a virtual format, um, that was really needed, especially during COVID Mm -hmm. when there was no other time to worship. But that now people are slow to come back to the sanctuary because, uh, you know, our pajamas feel good and we can just watch at home. But the truth is that we have to be gathered together to really practice that love, to know who each other are. And so it's imperative, I think, that we we get together however we can um, to live out some of this stuff in the same room, in the same space. Mm-hmm. With that... I will give us our ending quote. It is from the psychologist Eric Fromm and his book, The Art of Loving, which if you haven't read it, I commend it to you. (laughs) Love is not primarily a relationship to a specific person. It is an attitude, an orientation of character 
which determines the relatedness of a person to the world as a whole, not toward just one object of love. Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back on Monday. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.